When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance channel. The concept of replacing your income with dividends can sound very appealing. I mean, what's better than having the option to leave your job and be able to support yourself and your family with a passive stream of dividends? I think this is one of the biggest appeals of investing in dividend stocks for the average person. Recently, I was thinking about this concept. More specifically, how long does it actually take to hit this magical milestone? And most importantly, what can I do today to make this journey as short and as easy as possible? That's what I'll dig into today. I'll show you how to measure just how long it might take to replace your income with dividends and what you can do to make this dream become reality faster. Most people assume you need to invest in the right dividend stocks or ETFs and catch a bit of luck from Mr. Market along the way. And while both of these factors are important, they are not the primary method of speeding up the income replacement equation. The most important factor is your savings rate. But instead of just telling you how important your savings rate is, let me show you. While I was thinking about replacing my income with dividends and figuring out how long it would take me to get there, I decided to build a spreadsheet that would allow me to test different factors like my savings rate, my annual rate of return, or my target dividend yield to help me figure out the best path forward for me. I tried to keep this as simple as possible, yet precise enough to give me meaningful results. Let me explain how it works, and then I'll play around with a few scenarios to show you what impact they have on the outcome. The top section here labeled income parameters is for my current income, and I can tell you right now how much you earn has little to do with how fast you can replace your income with dividends. The first factor here is my monthly income, and I'm going to use $3,000 for my example. The next factor is my current savings rate. This is the measure of how much of my income I am currently investing into my dividend portfolio. I have it set to 10%, which means that each month I invest $300 out of the $3,000 I earn. The next factor is the annual income increase rate, which is what I am expecting to receive in the future as an average annual raise to my income. I set this to 3%, which is a standard annual raise people get. It's also about equal to the long-term rate of inflation. I'm going to jump down to the investment parameters section now. As the cells highlighted in yellow in this spreadsheet are the factors that can be manually edited. In this section, I am going to estimate my long-term annual rate of return and the approximate dividend yield I will target in my portfolio. The annual rate of return is the total return which is both capital appreciation and the reinvested dividend income, and I decided to start with the 10% rate of return in my example. The long-term rate of return for U.S. equities has been around 10%, and I think it's okay to assume for this rate of return to continue in the future. For the dividend yield, I decided to start with the 3% dividend yield, which is a pretty average yield in the market and a good starting point for new dividend investors. Okay, now that I have all of my factors in place, I can see approximately how long it will take me to replace my income. Jumping back up to the first section, the income parameters, if I look at the years to replace current income row, I can see that based on the factors I entered, it would take about 32 years for me to replace my current income. Now that may sound like a long time for some of you, but if you start this journey in your early 20s, you would hit this milestone in your 50s, well before full retirement age. The key thing to pay attention to here is, this time period is to replace my current income, so I'm figuring out how long it would take me to replace the $3,000 that I earned today, less my savings rate. Technically, I am not shooting to replace my full $3,000 I earned today, because if I am able to save and invest 10% of it, I don't need that additional 10% to sustain my current lifestyle. Another important factor to consider is that $3,000 today will not have the same buying power 30 years from now, because inflation will drive the cost of living higher year after year. So a better target to aim for is to replace your future income, and this will take a little longer. If we take a look at the next row down, it'll take about 44 years to replace my future income based on the factors I entered. 
That's a pretty big difference. 13 additional years is a very long time. The reason why it takes so long is because if your income is increasing by 3% each year, the target income you are aiming to replace is increasing as well. And it takes many more years for your portfolio and dividend income to catch this moving target. The two sections at the bottom of the spreadsheet show the estimated market value of my portfolio, as well as the estimated multi-dividend income, after the number of years it'll take to reach my goal. As you can see, replacing my current income requires a portfolio of just north of $1 million, generating $2,700 of dividend income per month, while replacing my future income requires a portfolio of nearly $4 million, that generates about $9,700 of dividend income per month. You probably want to focus on replacing your future income instead of your current income, as your current income may not sustain the quality of life you will want to lead once you're financially independent. Let me now play around with the factors to see how I can speed up this process. I'll start with the rate of return and dividend yield, since those are common places investors pay attention to. If instead of targeting a 3% dividend yield, I target a 5% dividend yield, the time periods shorten to about 27 years for current income replacement, and about 37 years for future income replacement, meaning that I would reach my goal about 7 years faster. Not bad for just a 2% higher dividend yield. The catch here may be that if I target a 5% dividend yield, I may not be able to achieve a 10% rate of return. Higher yielding stocks on average don't offer as much capital appreciation as dividend growth stocks that pay lower yields. So let's say that instead of a 10% rate of return, now I would have an 8% rate of return. This still gives me a slight improvement of one year for current income replacement, but it adds almost two full years to replace my future income. That's not good. How about if we go in the other direction? Target a lower yield, but aim for a better rate of return. Let's change the dividend yield to 2% and the rate of return to 12%. The time required to replace my current income is about the same as with the original 10% rate of return and 3% dividend yield. But the number of years to replace my future income improves from the original 44 years to about 41 and a half years. Overall, minor changes in these factors have little impact on the outcome. Let me see what time period is required with a super high dividend yield strategy. If I change the rate of return to 8% and the dividend yield to 8%, with this scenario, I'm assuming that 100% of my return is the dividend income, with 0% coming from capital appreciation. Now it would take me about 26 years to replace my current income, which is a nice improvement, and it would take about 38 years to replace my future income, which is also better than the prior scenarios. Something important to consider in this scenario is that the dividend income was the sole driving force that was growing my portfolio. Once I stop reinvesting this dividend stream back into the portfolio and start using it to fund my life, my portfolio will likely stop growing or grow very slowly. This may leave me in a limbo state where my passive income will not keep up with inflation that will reduce my buying power year after year. That's a very important thing to consider. Ideally, you will want your passive income to keep up if not outpace inflation so that the quality of your life doesn't suffer. Let's go back to the original 10% rate of return and 3% dividend yield. The two factors we haven't touched yet are the savings rate and the rate of increase for my income. I'll go over the rate of increase of my income first since it has a very simple impact on the outcome. If the rate of increase of my income goes up, it takes less time to replace my current income, but more time to replace my future income. If my income grows faster and I maintain the same savings rate, I am able to invest more each year. As a result, my portfolio grows faster and it takes less time to replace my current income, which is a fixed target. Since my income is growing faster, even though I am investing more each year, the target income I am aiming to replace is moving up faster as well, and it takes longer for my portfolio to catch up. Here's an example. At a 3% rate of increase, it takes about 32 years to replace my current income, and about 44 years to replace my future income. At a 4% rate of increase, it takes about 31 years, or 1 year less, to replace my current income, and about 49 years, or about 5 years longer, to replace my future income. At a 5% rate of increase, the same pattern occurs, and now it takes about 30 years to replace my current income, and about 55 years to replace my future income. 
If you're thinking that getting a higher raise is counterintuitive to replacing your income with dividends, it's not, and I'll get there in a little bit. I'm going to change the rate of increase back to 3%, and now I'll show you how the savings rate impacts the outcome we are shooting for here. The original savings rate we have right now is 10%, so let's see what happens if we can save an additional 5%, which would give us a 15% savings rate. Both time periods shrunk, with the current income replacement now being about 28 years away, or 4 years earlier, and the future income replacement being about 38 years away, or 6 years earlier. The important part here is the future income replacement shrunk more than the current income replacement. This happens for two reasons. One, we are obviously saving a bigger portion of our income that will grow and compound in our portfolio, but we are also lowering the target income we are aiming to replace. Remember how earlier I mentioned that if our income is $3,000 per month, and if we are able to save 10% of it, this means we only need to replace $2,700 of our income with dividends to hit our goal. So now if we are able to save 15% of our income, the target income we are aiming to replace is $2,550. As our savings rate increases, the target income to replace decreases. By tackling our goal from two directions, I believe the savings rate is the most important factor in this problem. If you recall, in the original example, at a 10% savings rate, we needed a portfolio of about $4 million that generated about $9,700 of monthly dividend income to hit our goal. Now with a 15% savings rate, we only need a $3 million portfolio that generates about $7,700 of multi-dividend income. If we keep increasing our savings rate, the number of years required to replace our income with dividends keeps getting smaller and smaller. While the relationship between our savings rate and the number of years to hit our goal is exponential, it's not in our favor. As our savings rate increases, the number of years by which our goal shrinks gets smaller. Increasing the savings rate from 15-20% to 20% lowers the future income replacement by about 5 years, whereas going from a savings rate of 10% to 15% led to a 6-year improvement. Going from a 20% to 25% savings rate lowers the target by about 4 years. And the higher our savings rate goes, the smaller the impact on the duration of the target. The reason for this is because it still takes time for your money to compound, and time is the most important factor in investing. I know there's some content online that promises ways to replace your income with dividends in a short period of time, but I don't think it's quite as easy as some people claim it to be. A 50% savings rate in this example would still require about 14 years to replace your current income and about 17 years to replace our future income. You would need to have a savings rate of 70% to shorten both time periods to less than a decade, and a savings rate of about 85% to hit your goal in less than 5 years. It's definitely possible, and people have done it. But the question to ask is, do I want to have the quality of life that 15% of my income today is able to sustain? I know not all of us out there are at the start line right now. Some have been investing and moving along this journey for years. So with that in mind, I added an additional feature to my spreadsheet that adjusts these timelines based on the current value of your portfolio. Let me show you how this changes the outcome. I'm going to go back to the original example of a 10% savings rate. If I currently have a portfolio that is worth about $75,000, instead of the original about 32 years to replace my current income, it will now take about 23 years. The future income replacement time period also looks much nicer, at around 31 years instead of the original 44 years. Going back to the topic of our income increasing, and how it had a negative impact on the time required to replace our income with dividends. Getting a better raise is always a positive, and for it to also have a positive impact on the income replacement journey, you should use it as an opportunity to increase your savings rate. Let's say for example you earn $3,000 per month, and are saving 10% of your income, or $300 per month. If you get a 5% raise this year, your monthly income will increase by $150. If you were to maintain your current savings rate of 10%, now you would be saving and investing $315 per month which is more than before, and obviously better. But what if instead you decided to save and invest half of your raise, or $75? Now you would be saving and investing $375 each month, or just about 12% of your income. 
This would have a net positive impact on the time it will take to replace your income with dividends. And if you do this every year, on top of finding ways to cut your expenses, you can drastically increase your savings rate in the span of a few years. It's all about living below your means and delaying gratification for financial security in the future. I believe focusing on your savings rate more than where you invest your money will have a bigger impact on the final results in the end. If you stick with a quality dividend fund like SCHD, you will likely achieve better results than most dividend investors that try to pick their own stocks. History has proven that people are horrible at investing, and the more decisions you make, the higher the likelihood that you will underperform average market returns. I know we all like to think that we are better than the average investor, and I'm right there amongst this group, but there's nothing wrong with being average. I continually test my results against popular indices to make sure what I am doing is working as good or better than average. Because if it isn't, why even bother with all the additional work for subpar results? If you have wondered about replacing your income with dividends as well, I hope my analysis will give you something to think about, and perhaps it will help you compute your own estimates. I'm going to make this spreadsheet available to my Patreon community. So if you're a member, you can hop in there and map out a scenario for your personal situation. I'd suggest making a copy of this spreadsheet and saving it in your Google folder, as only one person at a time can update the spreadsheet. Also, in case you mess up one of the formulas, you can simply go back and save the original file in your folder again. This might save me some time of having to fix this file in the future. If you're still with me, I hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, I would appreciate if you gave it a like and subscribe to the channel. Thank you for watching and see you next time.